Welcome to the Direct Response Marketing Magic Podcast. Seth Green is a five-time best-selling author, speaker, and nationally recognized direct response marketing expert who is CEO of one of the fastest-growing direct response marketing firms in the country. To get free access to a download of his new book, Podcast Marketing Magic, and a free live training webinar that will show you how you can use a podcast to attract new customers and referrals like magic, simply register at www.ultimatemarketingmagician.com. On the podcast, Seth brings together some of the most cutting-edge thought leaders in the world to share with you how they grow their businesses and how you can too. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Hi, my name is Alec Green. The best marketing guy is my dad. First, he helps people with with marketing magic. Next, if you need marketing help, he will help you. Finally, if he is a match marketer, my dad is the best. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I have the good fortune to be interviewing Jay Ligaber. Jay, thank you so much for joining us today. It's wonderful to be here, Seth. Awesome. You've got quite an interesting background. Let's go back in time. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in northern Indiana, right on Lake Michigan, on a blueberry farm. Wow. I, you know what? You're the first per- I think you're probably the first person I've ever talked to who's grown up on a blueberry farm. It was a wonderful place to grow up. You know, it taught us how to work hard, but also about the whole seasons. There's times for things to grow and there's times for things to harvest. And uh, I've carried that throughout my whole life. That is awesome. So how did you get started in business? Well, I was, I got an MBA from Indiana University and for 30 years I was in corporate marketing, primarily in the food industry. So I started with General Mills, then a dozen years with Sarah Lee, then six more years with ConAgra, reached the vice president of marketing level. Um, I eventually ended up at, uh, in Pennsylvania, where I am now, at Hatfield Quality Meats, a, a privately held company. But uh, then all of a sudden that ended in 2008. And uh, it wasn't my choice for it to end, but the economy took a spiral down and I was out of a job and couldn't find another one. So I became an entrepreneur and it's been a fun ride since then. Uh, how did, what, what, what was the first business that you started? Well, it was, it was real estate related. When I was on the blueberry farm with my dad, every winter there was a hiatus in the middle of the winter when he couldn't do work on the farm. So he would buy houses and fix them up and I would often get some extra money by helping work over the winter on these houses on the weekends and on the evenings. And so it was a natural way to turn around and earn some money when I was looking for another corporate marketing job. And so I started doing some fix and flips and eventually built a real estate uh, portfolio of rentals. I have some apartment buildings. Um, The primary business that I'm in right now relates to private lending to other people who flip houses. But there's a whole array of of enterprise that I'm involved with right now. Most of it is real estate related. All of it is financially related. We're also now uh, funding some business growth initiatives is a new endeavor for the company. That is really interesting. So how did you make the transition from working on houses and coordinating that yourself to financing other people? 
it all came back to the understanding that there are 101 ways through passive income streams, you can be a specialist and do something. You can flip houses, you can build a rental portfolio, you can get involved with commercial real estate, with apartments or commercial buildings, and each one of those takes special um, information to be able to, to be a mastery in the niche. Every one of those things relates to needing money, however, and generally it's private money. And so I decided to focus primarily on raising money from other people to be able to fund this beneficial enterprise. And then I'm more passive now. I, I'm involved with flips more as a lender than a flipper, a few flips when the right ones come along. I'm building a portfolio of real estate, but more on funding others' portfolio of real estate than my own. Um, and in the business area, I desire to bring a lot of capital to the table for growth initiatives, but it's not gonna necessarily be with my business, it's gonna be with other people's business. So that niche of being an intermediary that knows how to raise capital for beneficial purpose is what I'm trying to master. That is really interesting, and I think a huge need in the marketplace. So are you physically funding all of the deals yourself, or are you getting, um, how are you, co are you coordinating, and how are you coordinating that? Well, some of, in every deal that I put together, normally I have some of my own funds in the deal, but it's all done with collaboration of other people's capital. There are a lot of people with anxious money today that are afraid of what's going on in the market, that are afraid of what's going on in world economy, and they want to get some of their capital involved in hard assets. And they just don't have the time or the knowledge or the initiative to do it on themselves. So when I can bring deals to the table, there is ready capital looking for a safe place to grow at aggressive rates. Um, and so that's really where I'm trying to master is finding the individuals who have capital and finding other individuals who have the ability to use that capital to grow at high rates of return and I marry those two together. And that's the intermediary role that I tried to master. That is really incredible. And obviously a need in the marketplace. How are you, how are you generating leads on the investor side? Um, the primary way that I have done it the last couple of years is through education, primarily with books. Uh, I, about a year and a half ago, I came out with the first book, which is called Harder Working Money, which talks about- how people can fund their retirement through passive income flows quicker and more safely than trying to accumulate it in the stock market. And just recently, within the past month, we had the second book come out, which is called Never Ending Nest Eggs. And this is a book about legacy. This is a book about how do you build it today and keep it in a sustainable way to pass to future generations so you can really build and compound something over the long term. And I have found that financial education in the United States is, is very poor. Most people have absolutely no idea how their money can make money. And when I'm able to explain clearly and concisely to people how alternative investments make more sense than financial securities to many people. When I can talk about how we, through privately structuring deals, we can generate the benefits that people are looking for and have win-wins where both the borrower as well as the investor is receiving out of a deal what they're looking for. There is clarity and an understanding 
certainly there's risk in everything you do. But when you privately structure things, you can mitigate risks that are of greatest concern to you. And I have found that it is very possible to get two to three times the typical returns that most people are generating in the marketplace when you consider all the fees that Wall Street puts against the typical investments. And so it becomes truly a win-win. And I'm just looking for opportunities to find beneficial enterprise. And when I have the right deals, there's virtually an unlimited amount of capital out there. I just need to locate it. And I found that if you just go out and try to tell people, look, I have an opportunity, you ought to look at it, they're not too interested. But if you convince them that you understand things differently, you can help educate them about how their money can make money, all of a sudden their perspective changes and they're much more interested in getting involved in alternative investments. And then, you know, satisfied clients are a great source of referral because when it's working for them, they want to talk to their friends and their sphere of influence about it. And so these days I have more people coming to us saying, tell me about what you're doing because I'm hearing great things about it than I am having to go out and proactively do that. I have had some webinars through a local self-directed IRA company. I have given a few speeches. I intend to do more of that. I intend to use the books as that, reason why people will want to, for example, in today's conversation, talk about what we're doing, because uh, now as a published author, there is a little bit more credibility than the average Joe on the street. That makes a lot of sense. How are you sourcing the, uh, so that's the investor side. How are you sourcing deals? How are you finding the opportunities for that capital? In the real estate arena, it's very easy. Everybody who's interested in real estate is involved in local real estate investment clubs, and everybody is looking for money. The greatest task is to sort through all of the poor deals and find a few that I'm really interested in putting my funds in. The new opportunity that we face on this business side is how to get in front of CEOs. And so we're trying some new things. This past week, I created a couple of videos that'll go up on Facebook. We're just trying to get the word out. In that particular case, we have a novel solution, a non-dilutive solution for small business owners. Most times to fund growth, they have to give up part of the company. Or alternatively, they can take on small business debt, which can really be detrimental to their current cash flow. And we have an approach that's revenue sharing. We're buying a small sliver of future revenues, much like a royalty, and that can be beneficial both to the investor as well as to the business owner. So when you have a novel solution that they're not even aware of, once again, it comes back to education. How can we inform them that there's a better opportunity than they're currently considering to just crack that egg? And then we believe once one business owner is having it successfully deployed, many more will follow. Absolutely, how are you, other than, what, what type of CEOs are you trying to get in front of? Well, primarily I'm looking for companies that have existing revenue, perhaps three or four or five years of revenue, perhaps are in the $3 million to $10 million or so range of current sales, and specifically that have some proven opportunity that with investment, they can go out and double the size of their company. So I'm looking for, there are opportunities galore that are pre-revenue. 
And that's appropriate if you're a venture capitalist and you can go invest in 25 of them and hope that two or three of them really pan out well. I don't have that similar type of risk profile, nor do the capital right. providers that I bring to the table. So I'm looking for people that are currently successful businesses that have looking to step up to the next level and they just need capital to be able to do that. Generally, they have to give up a significant portion of their company to do that. And we believe we have a better solution. True. Are you doing anything so in terms of, because you could almost evolve from just funding real estate deals to being, in essence, a type of venture capital. Are you, have you looked at that at all in terms of funding businesses as opposed to just real estate? Well, time will tell. Ask me in a year to two years. So currently, for example, in the, in the last few years, I've funded 57 short-term loans for real estate flips. In that same time period, I put together a few deals for acquisition of properties that we're holding um, in the real estate arena. I've just recently become a certified royalty advisor and done training in this area of business development. We have one deal on the table that we're looking at right now that involves social media. But, um, you know, I'm starting to go out to Chambers of Commerce. I'm starting to go out to the entrepreneurial clubs here in the Philadelphia area where I am. And I predominantly would like this to be local. I would like to help my local community because there's a lot of small businesses in the greater Philadelphia area. Obviously, one can fund businesses worldwide, but um, there's no place like home to be able to have local people with money that want to invest in our local economy, as well as local entrepreneurs and small business owners. So I would love it to be the case that a year from now we have a nice balanced approach between the short-term lending and these longer-term business growth initiatives. From the funding side, there is a great reason why there is opportunity to bring people into my world through short-term lending. When someone can bring a, a relatively modest amount of the money to the table and be involved in a six-month loan that fully cycles through and they learn to build trust and I build, build integrity with people because what I've presented will happen, does happen, then all of a sudden they be, become willing to do more. And some of these business initiatives will involve far more money that are involved in the small business, uh, the small flips that we do here in Philadelphia. So, you know, time will tell. If on the other hand, we put a lot of effort into this and we have a modest return from the uh, business owners, um, perhaps I'm barking up the wrong tree. What I love about the business side is that from an investor standpoint, with proper structuring, we will likely have all of our invested capital back in anywhere from two to four years. But the royalty stream will probably continue for up to 20 years. So there's the opportunity to recycle the dollars. We put it into one company, we're earning a nice return. That return is growing as the company sales would grow. But once we have our capital back, obviously all of the risk is gone. Right, you're we, playing with house money. We can turn around and put that same money into the next one. And pretty soon we're earning double the amount that we were on that same capital. And then when we recycle it into the third opportunity, it's triple. So the returns become very substantial uh, before too much time goes by. And we just have to demonstrate to the business owner that our solution is equitable and better for them than giving up equity or 
the risks that are associated with the short-term loans. Um, the problem with small business loans, while they're available to some people, if you have a lot of collateral, right. they come with personal guarantees. And they're also a short amortization generally. In a business growth initiative, it's typically the case that you invest today and you begin to get the growth tomorrow. But your payments on that loan start today. So it can become very detrimental to current cash flow before you start to see the benefit. With the royalty approach, the expense goes up over time as your sales go up. So there's greater alignment of interest. We think it's a great solution for a very specific application. And I just need to find the right people to talk to, the right investors with the right risk tolerance that want something that isn't necessarily secured by a hard asset like a private loan is, and the right business owner who has the right growth initiative and the right track record to show us that this is a lower risk way for us to invest in business growth. That is really interesting. What would you say, with all that you've got going on, what would you say is your biggest challenge now? Well, it's keeping 87 balls in the air. You know, we're trying new things. We're doing new things every day to try to launch this business growth initiative. Um, we're trying to get the first one across the finish line yet now in 2016. And we're trying to set ourselves up for a very prosperous 2017. In the years of 2011 through 2015, I was a solopreneur. I was doing this, these flip loans on my own. I was putting together the real estate deals on my own. I got a partner at the beginning of 2016 because I realized that to scale the business, I just needed more hands on deck. And he brought in his sphere of influence a number of people with deeper pockets than I've been experienced in raising capital from. So it's a great complimentary situation. Now with the business funding opportunities in front of us, um, we expect to have a very profitable 2017, but it, as entrepreneurs, it's up for, to us to turn opportunity into reality. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you're certainly going in the right directions. Um, what do you attribute some, your success to? I mean, you've come so far so fast. Well, I would say that the fundamental insights that I generated over 30 years of growing brands with consumer packaged companies was fundamental. I learned how to talk to consumers about benefits. I learned how to anticipate the marketplace. I learned how to lay out plans that are very complicated that get a number of things done. And so when I make a commitment to somebody and there are 87 things that have to happen, we're pretty good at the follow through to get those things done. But more than that, it is a fundamental belief that free market capitalism in the United States works, that there is great opportunity if you can serve others, if you can bring great value to the table, that there is never ending opportunity. And that's what I'm trying to grasp. I don't necessarily need to be the best person out in the marketplace applying the techniques that makes, has the money make more money. I just need to find the best people in the country that can do that. I don't necessarily have to have the deepest pockets to take all the money out of my own pocket. I just need to find a way to get in front of the right people and present opportunities to them that make sense to them. I don't sell anything. I try to marry together opportunity and resources and facilitate those deals going well. And when that can happen, we can do an unlimited number of deals 
the scalability of our business opportunity is just phenomenal. And so I would hope that, you know, a couple of years from now, we have four times the amount of assets under management that we do today. I hope 10 years from now, it's scaled many times beyond that. But I'm 63 years old. You know, there comes a point in time when I want it to truly be passive. And that's one of the reasons I brought on a business partner who's about 20 years younger than I am. <laughs> so things can continue in our organization with Financial Freedom Investors, which is the name of our current company. That is absolutely incredible. You've had an amazing journey for our listeners who are resonating with what you're doing and want to learn more about you or get one of your books um, or interested in funding. What is one of the best, where, where should they go to learn more about you? Well, our website is financialfreedominvestors.com. Our contact information is on the website. Um, as far as the books are concerned, they're both available, both in eBooks as well as physical books on Amazon.com. If they just put my name in, J, and then Ligaber, L-E-I-G-E-B-E-R, the, the books will pop up on Amazon, and uh, they're getting good reviews. We're looking for more eyeballs to read them because we believe there's great insights in there. Whether you are an individual looking to improve your financial situation, whether you're looking for ways to utilize creative strategies, whether or not you have anything to do with financial freedom investors or not, we're just trying to show people that there is light at the end of the tunnel, that they can grow, that they can prosper with some very creative approaches. And education is the way to get that done. And that's why we're using the books. I agree entirely. Thank you. Fascinating interview. Incredible story. Um, thank you, Jay Ligaber, for spending some time with us today. Everybody, go check out the link he just mentioned. Uh, we'll put it in the show notes. And we really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Seth. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this special productivity series of the Direct Response Marketing Podcast. I've interviewed hundreds of the most successful entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and CEOs all over the world. And I want to share with you one of the biggest ways I've discovered to triple your productivity that I've learned from these amazing people. Even better, I'll pay you $500 to test drive it. Just go to takethe500challenge.com. That's www.takethe500challenge.com to learn more. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.